1: what you need to know to get ready for divisional round of the NFL playoffs pretty exciting Sean we've got a couple of your teams you know Sean has a couple of teams one of those teams did get eliminated last week in the Matthew Staffords but we do have the Detroit Lions advancing we have the Kansas City Chiefs advancing and of course the Green Bay Packers the surprise I guess off the first round of the playoffs advancing to face the 49ers which is going to be a difficult situation for them no doubt as they face off with i think the best team in the nfl so sean if they win this weekend all bets are off i think you know i would feel very comfortable and predict no win against the lions or the buccaneers even at this stage they've already beat the lions on the road they're they're the buccaneers they lost two at home but i think they could be at their current iteration but that's going to be interesting. We're going to talk through what we think will happen. We're also going to jump in an underdog fantasy draft to give some playoff contest strategy as well. So we'll be doing that in a moment. But also the FFPC have the Playoff Challenge 2 version available now over there at myffpc.com. The exact same as we talked about on last week's edition as we entered in to the FFPC Playoff Challenge for the entire playoffs, but it is same settings. There's a $200 entry, there's a $35 entry if you want to jump in that one. But rather than last week with the additional teams, it is down to eight players. You pick those players, they ride through the Super Bowl, see if you can come out on top for the $100,000 top prize in the $200 version. So excited to see what plays out in that this weekend. Excited to see how the picture changes from the teams from the first edition as this weekend progresses so now people chasing the real money are going to have a fun time sean we are going to start off with let's start off chiefs bills i think uh we could do them in an order of where they're going to be that's actually going to be the, the last game of the weekend but chiefs and bills two teams who have faced off previous playoffs two teams who have a kind of a history now at this particular point you have josh allen facing off against patrick mahomes this you know when you get into this particular period i would say this is the you know prime matchup of this weekend in terms of the two best teams facing off at this particular point because when you look at the other ones you know the texans could upset the ravens that is certainly the packers could upset the 49ers and i think the lions buccaneers is probably a little bit more even but the quality of the chiefs and bills at this point of the season is it's prime time that is the the word for it How are you feeling heading into this one as a Chiefs fan? How do you think this game is going to play out? And how much of
2: an advantage is the home field advantage to the Buffalo Bills here? It's definitely significant, right? And it'll be interesting to see because the big story here is that Josh Allen has been good at home in the playoffs. He's struggled on the road. Patrick Mahomes has essentially only played at home. And so now we get to see if he can do what so many other great QBs have had to do through time, which is to go on the road, win some of these playoff games, and get to the Super Bowl in that fashion. Can you do it when you're not at Arrowhead Stadium with that advantage? One of the interesting things with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, though, is I think that they rely on home field advantage a lot less than all of the previous iterations of the Chiefs. Now, are they generally successful at home? Obviously, they are. When you're that good, you're going to be winning at home. Would you prefer to be at home, Again, that's very clear-cut. You'd love for your defense to be able to get that extra little jump. You'd love for Josh Allen not to be able to hear what's going on as he's trying to communicate with his line and receivers. It is a much different story on the road, and I think that makes this fun, and I think that the Bills have been good enough through this time period that they deserve to have one of these home games to see if they can do it, and certainly whichever team wins this game, is in all likelihood going to have to go on the road then and beat the Ravens. So it's a very difficult path. The thing that's so interesting right now, column, as we work through the different playoff contests, is that certainly the top four teams appear to be the 49ers, the Ravens, the Bills, and the Chiefs in some order. And yet because the Bills and the Chiefs play each other, that really impacts the chances of either of those teams actually being the one that wins the whole thing. By contrast, the Lions, in many ways, I think, have the safest game of any team this weekend. They're playing far and away the worst team remaining in the playoffs. They're going to be playing at home where they're fantastic. That's something that we want to exploit as we will look at playoff contests, because simply getting through this round is absolutely huge. If you're taking the Packers and the Texans for granted, when you're thinking about Ravens and 49ers, you're making a mistake. Certainly, you can't take the Bucs completely for, for granted either. Right? But the Lions, with all of the playmakers that they have playing there at home, I think you have to really like their chances. And so that changes the dynamic, moves it kind of back in their favor and puts them in the mix with these other teams. Certainly the Packers, the Texans, and the Buccaneers seem to have virtually no chance of winning the whole thing. And yet, Colin, what we saw from C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love last week I guess I don't necessarily want to be a 49ers or Ravens fan getting to halftime of those games, trailing and wondering if you can come back getting to the end of the game and being in the same situation that the Cowboys were in last week, wondering what might've been the 49ers and the Ravens are very good teams. They have very strong coaching staffs. And yet there is nothing about those two teams that would put them in the category With Bill Belichick and Tom Brady types of teams, there's nothing that would put them in the category with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes types of teams. I think this is a wild and wide open division round weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. This game here, according to ESPN's FBI, is about 56-44 for the Bills, especially when you think of it being at Buffalo. That seems about right but a very good chance for the Chiefs to come through here. I think both of these teams are ascending. I think that the Ravens are going to have a lot of trouble with whichever team comes out of this game. It's problematic for Buffalo that the Chiefs are so good in pass defense. I think you can say the same thing in the opposite way. When Blair's wrong read comes out this week, one of the things that you're going to see, elite pass defense from the Chiefs, elite pass defense from the Bills. When you pull in the likely weather, This is a game that could be lower scoring than we expect. And yet at the same time, anytime when you have Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, there's the potential for fireworks. And so one of the things I love about this game is that number one, it should be so competitive, but that number two, almost anything could happen, right? We could go from a Chiefs blowout win to a Bills blowout win. We could get a game where both teams were in the forties. We could get a 10 to nine game. And when it's that wide open from a fan's perspective, I mean, you love that because, you know now you have this game between two fantastic franchises and you have absolutely no idea what to expect
1: yeah and even in the packers game this week or even in the texans game you mentioned like the kind of back and forth what can happen and how those games get out of hand sometimes is when let's say the chiefs score a, a touchdown to start the game and then the bell score a touchdown and the Chiefs score a touchdown. and then the Bills go you know make a drive but they don't score they punt it back and then the chief scoring the game can get out of hand when it gets to 14 pretty quickly if any team makes a mistake or makes a fumble so that could certainly happen here interesting you mentioned with the the weather and the uh possible lower scoring over under at the moment is 45.5 which is lower than you would expect between these two teams in terms of the offensive production that they usually put up but you mentioned the defenses as well making a factor in that the bills are a three point favorite sean i think the winner of this goes to the super bowl Obviously, the Ravens could advance past the Texans if the Texans upset the Ravens. I think the path, for example, for the Texans to make the Super Bowl versus, let's just say, the Packers, who we'll talk about in a moment, is much tougher, in my opinion, because if they win, they're facing the Bills or the Chiefs. I think that's a much sterner proposition than the Buccaneers or the Lions. And you know, I have the Lions significantly higher than the the Buccaneers in in that chart. So I feel the winner is going to come from this particular contest. But moving in, Sean, to the other side of the AFC, the Texans and the Ravens, What like again? Another game that could go in that script of the the Packers and the the Cowboys, where if we see CJ Stroud come in here and the Texans are putting up those points, they're a nine-point underdog heading into this, but the over/under is forty-three and a half points. Matchup predictor Sean showing eighty-one point seven percent here in favor of the the Ravens. I, I don't think it is quite as wide a margin as that in terms of how this would play out. I do think we we see a Baltimore win, but in those contests that we talked about in the FFPC, some of the teams that we did fade in that we faded the Eagles pretty hard, faded the Dolphins. One of the teams we saw faded quite a bit was the Baltimore Ravens through Justin Tucker, and then the other player that we've played is either Lamar Jackson or Zay Flowers. But the, I, I do think there's a chance that the the Ravens get upset here, but I, I would still <laughs> lean heavily to them to to come out on top. How are you feeling heading into this one? Is this a case that maybe it's a step too far for the young quarterback and CJ Stroud as we get into high-pressure situations and the playoffs? I don't think it's going to be a case that the pressure gets to him, but I think the team might just come up short.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed
2: Yeah, well, you think about how well he played just a season ago against Georgia and you know how they would be would have been the national champions if not for a cheap shot in that game. I don't think that the pressure is going to get I to I think him. he
1: deals with uh, pressure a little bit differently than, than I might deal with pressure.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, again, when you are so supremely talented that everything else is basically happening in slow motion, which is what he makes an NFL game like, yeah, I mean, you have a, a road playoff game against a fantastic defense. You're going to have trouble running the ball. You are going to run into some trouble with the thinness of your own receiving core. The most likely thing here is that the Ravens control this game and win fairly easily without running away with it. And that's what we expect to happen, right? Right. You have to give the Ravens credit for what they have done, and for the overall body of work this season, which is excellent. We don't want to get so caught up in the narrative and the storybook season for the Texans that we ignore that part of it.
1: Almost to what you mentioned with the Browns and the Texans going into that, and the storybook, you know, with Joe Flacco and the Browns heading, and people may have got over-optimistic about the Browns beating the Texans in that situation. Maybe people will get too optimistic about the Texans beating the the Ravens here.
2: Well, I guess I don't think so. I mean, I think that the line here, I think, vastly understates the likelihood of the Texans actually winning. Because when you look at the two quarterbacks, the MVP is going to be far and away the weaker passer. Now, what Lamar Jackson does is not necessarily passing. It's playmaking and so when you consider his vertical ability, his rushing ability, his ability to extend drives and to create splash plays, that's where he wins, and that's why this Ravens offense is so dynamic, and we would expect to see that against the Texans, but you have a situation here where the Ravens are not particularly talented at their offensive skill positions. It seems like the injury designations for Zay Flowers are just you know, trying to get him healthy. But if he is not 100%, it's a real problem because Odell Beckham has been washed for a while. Rashad Bateman has been emerging a little bit, but not somebody we can necessarily rely on. You have Isaiah Likely, a great story. You have Mark Andrews, I mean, as we record, perhaps playing and maybe perhaps playing well. I mean, when you get to the point that Mark Andrews is pretty close to 100%, then you're starting to have this skill position group look pretty scary again. But one of their problems is that they have maybe the weakest group of running backs in the entire NFL, and that includes all the non-playoff teams also. Dalvin Cook is an interesting name to keep in mind here. I think you should draft him at the end of every single one of the underdog leagues. Not every single one. You want to have some other types of options. And that's not to say that I think he's actually going to score for them. But the likelihood that he would come in and dominate touches and have a big game compared to simply looking at the non-NFL caliber players they have otherwise, that's an interesting bet to make when you consider the relative costs, right? It's also something that they need. Dalvin Cook has not looked good this season, but again, one of the things you have to keep in mind is that Brees Hall as well, very, very poor before contact numbers behind that New York Jets offensive line. I don't think you can tell much about Cook other than he's not Brees Hall, which I don't think anybody has any questions about because of the environment there. The situation with the Ravens is so completely different. Now, I mean, perhaps Cook is not even active for this game. So you want to understand what the different possibilities are, what the different scenarios are. But when you look at the Ravens and you look at their lack of dynamism at the skill positions and you contrast the fact that C.J. Stroud is probably already the better overall reality quarterback. I think that the line here is exploitable. I think that there should be some excitement around the Texans' chance for an upset.
1: Let's go. Let's see what happens then with the Texans and what we do in our draft here coming up. But Sean, Tampa Bay at Detroit. Interesting question asked to Todd Bowles this week. Sean, I don't know if you had a chance to see seen it, but asked about how the Buccaneers were planning to deal with the weather conditions in Detroit. He had to tell the reporter on <laughs> that they were playing indoors. So that was a, a highlight for me early on wednesday but sean we're looking at this one it's the highest over under of the week 48 and a half it's indoors minus six for detroit this is the game i'm most confident about the outcome this weekend and that is that the lions will will win it's the other part that we even missed on our recap sean sam laporta out there on super Wildcard card weekend catching a touchdown it did look like he may have had a completely wooden leg potentially but he as he ran there but that was uh, fun to see him back out there. And, you know, he's going to have to work through it. And he isn't healthy anywhere near 100%, but still able to make an impact in the red zone, which was fun to see. But I'm on Ross St. Brown again over 100 yards this past week. You mentioned how good Jared Goff looked in the first half of the game last week. We have a situation where his indoor outdoor splits are, are quite different. If it's a situation where he wins this weekend is to go and face the 49ers, you know, maybe. There'll be a conversation there, but I feel like with how this Buccaneers team matches up with the, the Lions, this should be a pretty comprehensive win for for Detroit. And like you're saying with the Ravens, and maybe the there being a way to exploit that particular um you know spread, I, I think that six points here for, for Detroit seems seems
2: low. It does seem low. Having said that. There is a little bit of risk here that the Lions really lean into establishing the run against a Tampa defense that shuts that down. It's not that they can't do it. The Lions have an elite rushing offense. You have David Montgomery. You have Jameer Gibbs. You have multiple ways that you can create value in the run game. You have multiple looks that you can give the defense. You mentioned Sam Laporta. There's so many things going on as you watch these games. It can be hard to focus on everything. It didn't seem like he was opening holes as a blocker. No. <laughs> in this past one, I don't think so, there's much
1: like uh, explosion or wind. you know they're trying to limit the extra stress that's been put on that knee,
2: Sean. I can assure you that. I mean, it's exciting to see him out there. You are holding your breath. It makes you very, very nervous to be an NFL player and to try to hit other <laughs> NFL players of that size within. And you see in the same 100%. game
1: you see in the same game obviously higby getting you know a a serious knee injury that's going to potentially make him miss the start of next season you know they're they're obviously being cautious with laporta but you know if he makes that same reception and gets hit anywhere like that you know we're, we're looking at a serious knee injury obviously on that play but it might not even take that much of a hit to aggravate what he has here but i'm sure they're following the the medical advice as well so they know more than us here
2: Yeah, they would have to. Uh, You you just, I mean, you would think you wouldn't take any risk, but you just think back to what happened to RG3 and how his career was ruined. Right now, Sam Laporta looks like he is going to be the next Travis Kelsey. (laughs) I mean, you just, you can't risk that. On the other hand, I mean, this may be the best chance that the Lions get. You would expect them to continue improving, but there are all types of situations where, and even look at the Eagles, right? Where one of the things with the Eagles Was you're thinking, okay, well, the Eagles, yeah, they're in that same conference with the 49ers, but they're not in the AFC with the Bengals and the Bills and the Chiefs and the Ravens. You know, they're going to be fine. They're going to get back a bunch of times with this coaching staff and with Jalen Hurts. You know, now the whole thing may be over before it even feels like it started. When you have a shot, And the Lions do have a shot. I think that they're one of the teams that aren't giving the credit that they deserve. You've got to take those shots. And so it was very exciting to see them win. The bracket falls in just a wonderful way for them. They would far prefer to play the Buccaneers than the Packers. But Baker Mayfield has also been a good story this season. One of the things that we talked a lot about this summer was that Baker Mayfield would not be a significant step down from Tom Brady. He might in some cases even be an upgrade and that has been more or less the case he's struggled with some injuries they haven't put up the same total number of passing yards but mike evans has looked very very good you're now starting to do the contribution from chris godwin you have some peripheral pieces who are also interesting they have their running back and rashad white and the lions defense is not one of these you know wrecking ball Lockdown types of units. This isn't the Bills Chiefs. It's not the 49ers defense. It's not the Ravens defense. This is a team that you can score on. And so there are some game script concerns for the Lions, where if they try and run the ball too much early and they give away a big part of the game, if they give up some big plays early to Mayfield and these two receivers, you think about the damage that the Buccaneers did last week to the Eagles. And that could have been even worse. If Mike Evans catches a fairly easy, long touchdown pass, This is a game that has shootout potential, and just because the Lions should be heavily favored and should win this game doesn't mean that anything couldn't happen. Certainly when you have Jerry Goff and a bad defense, to say that the opposing team could win, I mean, that's very clearly the case. Yeah, so Colin, we are in the gauntlet returns. We're waiting for two more spots to fill here. We'll see what draft position we have. It's interesting because the top couple picks are Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, fairly straightforward. Christian McCaffrey is a problematic pick at the top because what you're wanting to do here is to put together a team where you can have a full lineup in the Super Bowl, but also where your first-round pick and your quarterback can be live together in the Super Bowl. It's actually pretty difficult to draft a team with Christian McCaffrey where you have a QB who has – you know, much chance to be in that Super Bowl game. So when you're looking at how you can build these teams, that's an issue for McCaffrey teams. It'll be interesting to see where McCaffrey goes and if that drafter is able to get a QB with him who makes sense. The next couple of picks in Purdy and Allen, they make sense. Patrick Mahomes, the next guy off the board, that one is interesting. I talked about how these drafts are the wild, wild west Patrick Mahomes has an ADP in the first round, but I was in a draft yesterday where he went in round five. And the funny thing there was he actually went to a drafter who had already taken Brock Purdy and certainly didn't need him, didn't intend to take him, but it was the only thing that made sense. Sometimes you're actually getting these QBs later in rooms where the drafters know what they're doing. In a lot of these rooms, the thing that I have seen happen is that you'll get multiple QBs early from a drafter who – doesn't understand the overall, basically the objective of the contest. So we've got a number of experienced drafters in this one. I don't think that will be the issue here. Lamar Jackson does go off the board first. We have the fourth pick column, so we're kind of staring down Josh Allen. Or the other thing that you can do here, and we just talked about it with the Detroit Lions, is that Detroit has an excellent chance to advance through this round, and Jared Goff is discounted based on that probability you can go with Amon Ra and an interesting AFC player as your first two picks and then come back with Jerry Goff in round three or coming back in round four. Do you have a preference as we look at those two different ways to play it? I, I
1: would like to go with the Detroit Lions, right? Um, the other option is the go with the Chiefs side of things, but uh, that's the way I would like to play it here.
2: So Colin, it is interesting because Christian McCaffrey does fall through to us. And we do pass on him and take Amon Ross St. Brown. I think that makes sense given what we just discussed about the problems for drafting McCaffrey. Now, the I interesting think, thing I think here is the, that once he falls to five, I mean you've got a pretty good shot at getting Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Of course that doesn't happen. Patrick Mahomes does go one oh six.
1: Yeah, he goes at one oh six. So I was if you go McCaffrey there, I think you're playing it through some of the upsets and the afc namely probably the texans um you know i think you're gonna because it's gonna be hard to pair mccaffrey with the mahomes unless he fell back through like you mentioned we are back on the clock so uh, rishi rice will be my pick but do you want to go in a who who do you want here
2: well flowers is more likely to make it through do you have a strong preference for rice
1: i think rice is a better player
2: (laughs) so colin wants us to take the gutsy huge swing with taking Rasheed Rice, obviously Rice is going to have to win two games on the road unless, and Colin, we mentioned this just a minute ago, as a possibility, unless the Chiefs win and the Texans win. It's not impossible that Patrick Mahomes will get yet another AFC championship game at home. That would be the perfect Scenario for this team that we've started here. Now we're kind of waiting to see if Jared Goff will make it back to us in round three, if Jameer Gibbs will make it back to us in round three, and if he does make it back to us in round three, do we have the guts to pass on him? The problem that we're looking at here is that we have the fourth pick. The drafter in five has not selected a QB, which means that we don't have the coverage that we need there necessarily if we pass Jared Goff through, even though. That drafters team wouldn't make sense for Goff. Since it's a 49ers team, we would have to be concerned that Goff would go anyway. Colm Jameer Gibbs does go. And so I think it probably makes it fairly clear cut here that we would take Goff and then perhaps hope that Isaiah Pacheco falls through. That, again, pretty unlikely as the Patrick Mahomes drafter is there at the turn. So we could go with Pacheco to try they and put
1: I was going to say, they might go back-to-back, back, but they will likely take Travis Kelsey uh, as well. So there's two Chiefs options here coming up at the turn. Uh, we've already <laughs> taken one of them. The The question will be for us is if, on the way back, if it becomes eligible for uh, Laporta as our next... So obviously, I, I think the, the pick here, Sean, is, is go off straight up, Um, as we are on the clock. Happy to do that, or do you want
2: to go with Pacheco? Well, I think that... I mean, in some ways... By selecting Rice we've, and having Pacheco fall to us, we kind of backed ourselves into the situation where we almost have to take the risk on Pacheco. And yet, for the pot, I don't necessarily want to do a draft here where we don't have a QB. So we'll go ahead and take off. We'll pass Pacheco through. He does go to the Patrick Mahomes drafter at the turn. There's the possibility that Travis Kelsey will come back to us. David Montgomery would have been the other interesting player there. To get Montgomery with Goff and Amon Ra he goes at the turn then it's CJ Stroud so Colin what we've had to happen here is Travis Kelsey has come back I think that with the injury to Laporta and with Rasheed Rice as the other side of this we're looking at Travis Kelsey as being the pretty clear-cut pick
1: yeah let's go for Kelsey and see if we get a, a fall through here for Laporta uh I guess, obviously, Laporta played last week, so I'm not exactly surprised that he's he's up to 26 ADP in this, but uh, Kelsey fell a little bit. Sean, the one I'm very surprised by there, and I don't know if it was just the the team picking out of the sixth spot trying to get back at us for for taking uh, Rishi Rice, who maybe he wanted to come back, but he took David Montgomery and Pacheco back-to-back with the Patrick Mahomes team. I, I think I, I was quite convinced there that that would have been Pacheco
2: and Kelsey for the,
1: the Mahomes drafter
2: there. Yeah, one of the things is that that was a Debo Samuel team. And so Debo and David Montgomery are not going to play each other this round. So he still does maintain the element of having players live for the championship weekend. That's the thing that you're looking for, the conference championships, everybody alive in that round. So I think that it makes sense. It may not be the perfect way to do it, but... We're now looking at a situation where running back can be an issue for us. Now, we do have Aaron Jones as a possibility again because even though it's unlikely that the Packers make it through, one of the ways that we would potentially win this tournament would be for the Packers to make it. Obviously, the Lions and Packers could play each other in the NFC Championship game. That would be a way to get some running back points. That's the spot in the lineup that's a real weak area for us. We're one pick away. Jones is the guy there. The next couple of interesting players are probably Lions who are deeper down the depth chart in both Josh Reynolds and Jamison Williams. Colin, thoughts here on other possibilities? Do you see someone other than Aaron Jones?
1: No, I think Aaron Jones is the clear pick here. Um, The other players, just for people wondering, Justice Hill, Dalton Kincaid, likely uh, Singletary, Love, then you're into Shakir, Bitman, Javante. So, or not jo- Jamison Williams, sorry. And he's somebody who we probably will hope to get in this next pick around. But I feel like with our running back spot, that was a, a pretty easy pick for me to make. Our hope here would be either Aaron Jones does enough to make us true this week, but the real hope would be that Aaron Jones and the Packers advance. And that would lead to seeing um, them face off with Jared Goff in a shootout, hopefully in the, the NFC Championship sean the part then we've looked at is like filling out this full team we don't really we're, we're not really going to have an additional option for ourselves at running back i know you mentioned pacheco earlier but that's something to look at a little bit later here you have added edwards Lair to the, the kind of mix but i, I feel like it, at this pick it probably is Jamison williams or josh reynolds who do you feel most strongly about there i think the upside is still in and williams the safe side is in reynolds what
2: are you going for well, Reynolds has just had so much more action as of late and we get the multiple paths to success where you have the high volume. He is someone who can get in the end zone for us. Jameson Williams could potentially fall back through. He did have a tough catch in the game last week. You love to see that. And so the upside for a big shot play is there. The opportunity for a breakout performance is there. Hopefully he comes back to us.
1: And the other one that I mentioned is the running back options for if this team advanced to the Super Bowl with the deep lions, trying to fill out that lineup, obviously the lions and the Packers can't both make it. So then when we're looking through potential options at running back, have you concerns at this point in terms of the players that may be available? Are you thinking about just seeing how it falls and, and plays to us or what are you thinking there at the running back? Is it as simple as Edwards Alaire would
2: fit in? Well, by passing on Pacheco, we did kind of back ourselves into a corner where it probably has to be Edwards Alaire late. James Williams does not come back to us. We are on the clock here, probably needing to add a Packers receiver. Do you like Jaden Reed or Romeo Dobbs?
1: I would go back to Reed again. I think I think over the season he's been the one to, to target there. It is intriguing. Um, you know. Dobbs was an afterthought last week, based on how the season had progressed, and I'm sure there's that that is a legitimate question now for the this particular week is which one to go with. And um, the other part, John, was Edwards Alaire. I, I do have concerns here that the drafter and six, who I mentioned with some of the Chiefs earlier, uh, does go the Edwards Alaire right potentially, but uh, otherwise, I think he should get back through to us. I was tempted to to push for Edwards
2: Alaire on that particular pick. So we are in round seven. Jordan Love does go one pick after us. If he had made it all the way to the end, which he has in a couple of my drafts, then I think he would be an interesting way to play it because, again, Jared Goff could be in a situation just like last week where he plays well, the team advances, but he doesn't score enough points to advance your team through, whereas with Jordan Love as well you would. You would really prefer for that additional QB to be on the AFC side but with how well CJ Stroud has played obviously he's been gone for a long long time. Now all of the quarterbacks are gone. We're going to be with Jared Goff which again is fine. It maximizes what we can do overall with the roster. Column it sounds like Clyde Edwards-Aller is the guy that you're going with here to make sure we do have a Chiefs running back in this roster which is a Lions Chiefs build. We did see some plays for Edwards-Aller last week. He mostly Looked like he has always looked throughout his career. We certainly hope that nothing has happened. We hope that nothing will happen, I should say, to Pacheco over the next couple of weeks. If something does, Edwards Allaire probably ends up being the tournament winner, not because he scores so many points, but because he gives you that little bit of leverage. He is the Chiefs guy. Again, this particular scenario requires Lions and Chiefs to make it through. We do like those teams as being a little bit undervalued. If those teams are not the teams that make it to the Super Bowl, this roster is not going to win anyway. So we don't have to worry as much about that. We know we're playing through Kansas City and Detroit.
1: Yeah, we are. Uh, One of the players that was in the queue who could have been another running back option, but getting Edwards to with that a little bit less needed was Dalvin Cook. Uh, But we now are in a situation where we're three picks away, two picks remaining overall for us. Justin Watson's in there. There is McCall Hardman at this point it's pretty much about trying to unless it becomes somebody who's really staring at the face is a, a real strong value that we're filling this out with with chiefs is there any lion sean in that you know once you go past um the situation where we're in here with you know we're talking about williams and of course josh reynolds khalif raymond is somebody who's and there, is there anyone that deep down that is of of interest at all to you on the the lion side not at this pick but
2: I don't believe that there is. Khalifa Raymond obviously has had some performances, but we have questions about health. Donovan Peoples-Jones, an interesting name, but probably not going to get much in the way of routes or targets. Colin, we're on the clock. Justin Watson, Nicole Hardman, Richie James. I guess I would probably lean to Nicole Hardman for the first pick here.
1: You're the Chiefs guy, Sean. You make the decision. I would have went with Justin Watson so listeners can tell us who was who was right when, when this team in the Super Bowl.
2: Now, MVS is still available so he gives us another name that we can go with in round 10 if for some reason Justin Watson is taken in these next couple picks, which, again, is a risk as the Patrick Mahomes drafter is on the turn. He can actually decide to go with both MVS and Justin Watson. Column Luke Musgrave goes at the 905. The 96 is Cade Otten. An interesting selection there. That team does have Baker Mayfield and was not able to get Mike Evans, or Chris Godwin to go with him. Robert Woods, the other pick there. I'm surprised that the team would start with Patrick Mahomes and would be content with only getting Pacheco to go with him. Again, you are, at least in some way, shape, or form, trying to draft a team that you think will advance. We get Justin Watson. We can pick Richie James. We can go with MVS. MVS has played poorly. He probably still a little bit of favorite for volume here but you wanted to go justin watson last time i do think he's the right pick to conclude our draft
1: yeah i think he's the right pick i think we could see him you know get some of those red zone targets get in the end zone potentially i think they if they could they would have you know phased mbs completely out of this offense at this point based on how the season has kind of progressed but you never know with one of, you know it could be a deep deep shot down the sideline that he takes in but there's also every bit as much of a chance that the he doesn't catch it <laughs> it goes incomplete so we do fill out a pretty heavy chief side along with the detroit side and as sean mentioned when we're drafting a team like this there's every chance that the chiefs go out this week to the bills for example like we talked about in our preview but what you're trying to do is build a lineup that has a chance in the super bowl so it really is built up to be a chiefs lion super bowl in this week you could potentially get away with it with Packers Chiefs but you would not have a quarterback which is the tricky part and in this sort of a situation it's going to be pretty much impossible to pair up you know a a, a Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff with those players then to have enough of a stack across but we do finish up with Amon Ross, St. Brown, Rashid Rice, Jared Goff, Travis Kelsey, Aaron Jones, uh, Josh Reynolds, Jaden Reed, Clyde Edwards-Lair, McCall Hardman then finishing it out with Justin Watson and that gives us potential know if the Packers were either to help us get through this week or to advance to next week where you could potentially have a, a shootout in the NFC championship game Sean we didn't as I mentioned that preview the, the Packers game at all so maybe we'll do that as we look through this any other teams standing out to you as we get ready to wrap up with the, the game off the the week here for for me as a Packers fan
2: well I do want to make a pitch to you for In these types of builds, taking Zay Flowers instead of Rasheed Rice, if we take Zay Flowers, then a lot of our running back issues are going to be alleviated at least to an extent, right? So what happens to us in this draft is that we take Rice, we come back in round three, and Jameer Gibbs was gone. Gibbs is an interesting pick at the 2-3 turn. I do think that playing Lamar Jackson off of the Lions is a smart way to play it. I really like that team out of the one slot. It is a Ravens-Lions build, and the fact that we have a team there that's going heavy with the Lions as opposed to the Lions getting a little bit more spread out is problematic for us. That team gets Lamar Jackson, Jameer Gibbs, Gus Edwards. At the 2-3 turn, I think that that is a reach, but it works out when you look at the whole product because then they come back with Sam Laporta and Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Jamison Williams, Dalvin Cook, Dontavian Wicks, And the thing that you're looking at there is that it's a little bit thin in terms of the value you get for each individual pick. But if Lamar Jackson does go off through his secondary receivers, you have Beckham, you have Bateman, and then you have these Detroit guys. You have two Baltimore Ravens running backs. If we take Flowers, then we have the option of going for Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, or Dalvin Cook, as opposed to this Chiefs situation where... If you don't get either Gibbs or Pacheco and you're playing Lions-Chiefs, then it's pretty problematic. Now, you're looking at David Montgomery next, but he goes early in a situation that, again, as you mentioned at the time, probably doesn't make sense, although it's not a huge problem necessarily. The problem ends up being that's the only Lion for that particular team. That team ends up being spread across a lot of different NFL franchises. If we go with the Ravens, we have – a player who has a greater likelihood of making it through, and it alleviates some of the pressure in that the Chiefs guys are so concentrated on Rice, Kelsey, and Pacheco that getting to the secondary options is maybe a little bit trickier, although it is very nice for us that edwards Zillera, McCall Hardman, and Justin Watson are so inexpensive. You compare them to some of the guys from other teams, specifically like the Ravens, where players who probably have about the same scoring profile are going much, much earlier. I think you do kind of like that portion of it. Colin, as you're looking at these teams here, what do you see about the builds that stands out to you? What do you see as the strengths of different squads versus the hurdles that you have to overcome? Just generally speaking as a drafter, we're looking at it now. So concentrated, just eight teams, and being able to feel the team with both a quarterback and a running back to build around and can be there together either on the same team or on opposite sides in the super bowl what are you seeing here
1: Yeah, so that that's one of the biggest challenges here so you mentioned there's eight teams left in the nfl playoffs there's six teams drafting in this so in those other scenarios you know last week when we had the 14 teams you're able to get a secondary option or build a secondary stack pretty late in this but by the pick 42 that's the last pick of the seventh round all the quarterbacks have been selected so that makes it a little bit of a challenge and it particularly when there's four quarterbacks going in the first round so the the kind of quarterback stall is set out very early in it what i think and i do agree with what you're saying about the zay flowers part i guess what i'm thinking is or Edwards Lair versus those you know justice hell or dalvin cook i don't know if there's uh, maybe dalvin cook there's more upside but you know gus edwards in the the third versus um where we potentially would have got pacheco if we come back true i think is enough of a, a difference to make and then if we're in that situation we also take kelsey who is beyond his best but i i think my nod to the re- rice pick is he's a better player and i think even with andrews potentially coming back or sam laporta i still probably take kelsey at his point here over those two guys this particular week in the the playoffs so i think building it through the chiefs and the lions works out pretty well here because although when we get into the ninth and tenth round we're looking at wide receiver options that we probably don't really want to draft unless we have to i also think on the Ravens side the options become very very limited as to how you're filling out the back end of that roster unless you pivot to a, a different team Looking at these teams, though, Sean and how they're built, the one team that I would call out that I think is very well structured and is quite interesting is the team in five. Now, they will need you know, Packers and Texans to probably spring some upsets here, but they have a team that is built with Christian McCaffrey at five, Branton Ayukes, two 49ers, and it's Nico Collins, CJ Stroud, Dalton Schultz, Devin Singletary building up through the Texans, and then has Jordan Love, Christian Watson, Luke Musgrave and John Mechie, who he obviously pairs back into the, the Texan side of things. So I think that's a team who has waited on quarterback. One of the things I thought we should do in this, and it worked out, and then we got Jared Goff. But I, I do think potentially waiting on quarterback and getting a Goff or a Stride and building your team through there, or even a Jordan Love, the issue becomes, especially in some of the rooms like we're seeing here where people maybe aren't sticking to the structure as much as we would potentially expect, is when somebody like when you're thinking will i get stride will i get love they're the two that i would rather over mayfield and if if they go before you think they're going to go then you're into a situation where your entire roster could be in a very delicate spot so i I really like what the draft and five has has done there and I, i do like our draft sean but the last you know three picks they're not the greatest players in the world but they may be the players you need
2: That's one of the things that these drafts require you to do is take players who aren't the greatest, but do fit your thesis and maybe the guys you need to win the tournament. It's interesting looking at the team out of three. And again, as we kind of balance the different incentives that drafters have, this team starts Josh Allen, George Kittle, James Cook. So you have Bills, 49ers and a very, very strong start. And then pivots to Mike Evans in round four and comes off of that with Rashad white in round five. The most difficult thing that drafters are facing now in this round is trying to figure out how you can get a running back that works within the overall needs that you have for the contest. We talked about the limitations and the problems of drafting McCaffrey. Gibbs and Montgomery are very interesting. Pacheco allows you to do something. Certainly if you have James cook with Josh Allen, that is perfect it's interesting to see the Josh Allen James Cook drafter come back with Rashad White. I think that the chances for Rashad White to really score in this round are excellent. And yet, when you think about Evans White in rounds four and five, and then even Godwin in round seven, that would make sense, I think, if if you really like the Buccaneers to win in advance. And certainly they can. But you're going to need those guys to come through and score for you again in the conference championship weekend to make that work. When you get white, you get the second player there with James Cook. This team is set up very, very nicely to advance through this round, which certainly is the first step. But there are some other teams in this draft as well that are set up nicely for that. When you're looking at what will help you win the overall tournament, it's always interesting to me when the Josh Allen drafter passes on Dalton Kincaid, that would have needed to be the pick in round five. They do come back and get Khalil Shakir. I love getting both Kincaid and Shakir with Josh Allen. I think that that is the way to win the tournament if you like the Bills winning this week and then obviously getting the upset over the Ravens. I would encourage drafters to get those guys. Maybe I'm too high on Kincaid at this point, but when you consider how this contest works, when he falls into round six, that seems like an extreme discount there. We didn't take him because the Bills and Chiefs are going to be playing each other in this this round, which doesn't work well with our Chiefs-oriented build, but I love Kincaid as one of the best values in these drafts.
1: Yeah, and I would agree with that. It's interesting, Sean, that team, or our team, one of them, (laughs) is going to be in trouble because it's Chiefs versus Bills and it's uh, Buccaneers versus Lions, as the two teams have been built out there. So it'll be fun, two teams drafting side by side. They did also pass on Diggs, when they selected George Kittle at the fourth pick of the second round he went one pick before they did take James Cook so be interesting you know that's the thing too Sean when you're doing some of these drafts like you mentioned and the differences in ADP that drafter may have been in a draft where Diggs went you know late third for example thinking he's going to get him back through to Kittle in that selection um so it's going to be interesting to see how these games play out this weekend I did mention we didn't really talk too much about the Packers I don't know if that's my fear of if we talk about it that it'll go worse but they are nine point underdogs similar situation to the texans the over under and that's 50.5 the 49ers just have so many ways that they can they can beat anybody and they can beat this packers team um i have a fear of christian mccaffrey i think it's fair to say um i think everyone should if they're playing against this team but the 49ers like i mentioned at the start they have bounced the packers a couple of times and the packers have a, a bad overall record kind of looking back to when Colin Kaepernick was the quarterback for the 49ers um so I'm hoping we can exact some revenge they really whipped the (laughs) whipped us a couple of years ago um when Raheem Mostert kind of ran all over them so I'm hoping the Packers can come in here and do kind of what they did last week and be able to add in Reed and Christian Watson more into the the game plan but it's going to be a case where I feel the Packers are going to have to at minimum put up 30 plus points to stand a chance so it's going to have to be a repeat of what they did and if what they did against the cowboys was extreme execution in terms of every not every play they started with a couple of dodgy plays where jones runs into the back of a lineman, for example but they're going to need to be pretty much on perfect here to to beat this 49ers team so uh this is one sean Packers hearts is, packers, heads is 49ers by a
2: thousand yeah i don't think you're giving the packers enough credit at this point certainly the 49ers are the favorite the heavy favorite they should be they have you know one of the most talented teams in the nfl they're very well rounded they have a game manager at quarterback who has been able to game manage at such an elite level that a couple weeks ago he was the consensus mvp Then he has the meltdown game against the Baltimore Ravens. The Green Bay Packers do not have the defense of the Baltimore Ravens. So it's unlikely that we see a game with an avalanche of turnovers. But even a single turnover here could be huge if the Packers do what they've been doing and just execute on offense themselves. They're going to have to score a lot of points. They're going to have to be effective and efficient with their drives. You just have to meet the 49ers punch for punch here. You have to expect to give up points, but you're going to be looking for that big turnover. You're going to be scoring points on your own drives. You're going to be executing in the red zone. That's the path to victory. I certainly don't see any reason why a team that just did what the Green Bay Packers did to Dallas on the road, couldn't spring another upset, even against a team that is far superior to the Dallas Cowboys in an environment that probably isn't as conducive to offense. But Anytime that you have an offensive attack that is this multifaceted, has that many playmakers, and has the QB at the level that Jordan Love is currently playing, you're in with a real chance. So I think this game is wide open. There are plenty of scenarios where the Packers come through. Again, that's not what we're predicting, but... As is the case with Ravens-Texans, I think that the underdog has a better chance than many teams, or many people, I should say, are giving them credit for.
1: Okay, so we've set it up, Sean. This may be the last show we can do it. The Packers-Chiefs Super Bowl is still on. Still on for a couple more days, and anyway. we'll see if it's still on after this week. We almost got it uh, the year the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl because, as I mentioned, some of the times the Packers have lost in the playoffs, they lost to the Buccaneers in Lambeau Field in a game. I think they, they really... Should have gone back and won. So then the the Buccaneers go and beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. We thought we had the Packers Chiefs Super Bowl that year. Maybe we get the OT Super Bowl this year. But that is going to do it for this edition. Hopefully, anyone playing any of the contests over at the FFPC or underdog, wishing them the best of luck heading into this weekend. Hopefully, we get another good weekend of games like we did this past weekend. Excited to look ahead then to the conference championships. Thanks to Sean. For battling through the injury designation for these two shows this week hopefully you've enjoyed listening in my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to my co-host is sean siegel check out sean's work up on rotoviz.com until we are back have a good one